I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, and we resume now our studies in the book of Romans. And I want to begin with an overview that you may remember from our opening classes in the book of Romans. The first chapters in the book of Romans highlight what our problem is. Our problem is sin. Romans chapter 3 and verse 9, all are under sin. Next comes the provision to get us out from under that problem. And that's a provision from God, His grace that caused Him to send His Son. The Son came, died, and was raised from the dead so that sinners who want to get out of sin are able to do so. In addition, God, through Jesus Christ, provides the power for us to live right after baptism, walking in newness of life. We will get to predicament and practice in a couple of weeks, moving toward the end of the book of Romans, but today we continue in chapter 6 about the power to walk in newness of life. I'm going to read Romans 6, 19 through 23. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you're now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's Romans 6, 19 through 23. I'm going to go back now and start with verse 19. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations, this is the English Standard Version, for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Here's the way the verse appears in the NIV. I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. Here's what I think is happening. Paul wants us to think about conversion, specifically the difference between life before baptism 
and life now. He says to the Christians in Rome before you were in bondage or slavery to sin, shameful living, but now after baptism, we are really still slaves, but we have a different master. Before it was sin, now it is the highest master. Before it was sin, now it is righteousness that leads to holiness. Here's the New Living Translation that may not be altogether literal, but in a dynamic translation, it does a good job of capturing some of what we need to grasp. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. Now, there is a part of this I don't want us to overlook. There is a phrase here, lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. In the NIV, ever-increasing wickedness. In the New Living Translation, ever deeper into sin. Listen carefully. Lawless living has momentum in the wrong direction. Lawless living has momentum in the wrong direction. It doesn't just get better over time. Lawlessness leads to more lawlessness. Sin, unacknowledged and therefore unpardoned by God, never is going to get any better. It just doesn't go away. The only way for sin to be taken away is for the sinner to come to Christ with faith activated in baptism, living under the grace of God and walking in newness of life. So to get out of the slavery of sin, you can't just let time take its course because the momentum of sin is negative, not positive. The only way out is Jesus Christ. Our surrender to his death by coming to him in obedience and walking in newness of life. Verses 20 and 21. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you're now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. So Paul continues to contrast life before baptism with life after. And his purpose is to encourage Christians to live the new life and stay there, to walk in newness of life empowered by the strength Christ imparts to his people who have put themselves under the grace of God. He says, 
Back when you were living in sin, you considered yourself free in regard to righteousness. You accepted back then no obligation to live right. You were free in regard to righteousness. Now, on the other hand, you were not free. You were obligated. You were obligated by gratitude, obligated by faith and grace. Baptized people are slaves, <coughs> but not to sin. Slaves to righteousness. Once again, there is a part of this we need to carefully consider. This time, it is a question. What fruit, what fruit did you have then? in the things of which you are now ashamed. ESV, what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. So when you were sowing the seeds of wickedness, what kind of harvest, what kind of fruit did you have? Did that taste good? Perhaps it did temporarily. But you are now ashamed of how good that fruit tasted back then. The point is simple. Sin produces no good fruit. It only tastes good temporarily, but sin produces no good fruit. There's no reward at the end of a sinful life. There's not only no current blessing or benefit, there's no future blessing or ever any benefit, sin produces not one good thing, not one. What sin deserves is death. Death is in the world because of sin. We discovered back in chapter 5. Spiritual death is an immediate result of plunging yourself into sin. Would you consider when people come out of sin through Christ and begin walking in newness of life, there isn't anything they miss. There's no benefit that they don't have now that they grieve over. Think of what Paul is doing here in terms of before and after, then and now. Verse 22, but now you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. The fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. Here is an important and vital part of the teaching in Romans. As a Christian, by the grace of God, we have holiness now and everlasting life in the end. So here is packed together in a few words motive and hope and value that ought to prompt every sinner to repent and be baptized and should prompt every Christian to continue to walk in newness of life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin, death, but from a generous God there is a gift we can receive through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift, the benefits come now, and then the gift of eternal life forever. So, Romans 6. I want to talk to you in my wrap-ups now about several things 
that I think will do us all good as we try to apply what we've studied. I'll be back after this message. I want to talk to you about power. Anytime we speak and think about getting out of sin, living righteous lives, it's God's power that enables us to do that. Paul said early in the letter, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. How thankful we should be and how important for us to acknowledge not by our power, but by His power, we can make the choice to get out of sin and live righteous lives. I want to focus for a minute on what we often call free will or the function of individual choice. I've said several times, God gives and we receive. Choices must be made in order for one to be saved and live right before God. The choice to listen to the gospel, to believe and repent, to be baptized, and to arise to walk in newness of life. The power is God's, and the gift is from God through the death of Jesus Christ. The choice is ours. Look back at verses 17 and 18. You were once slaves of sin, but you've become obedient to the heart, to that form or standard of teaching to which you were committed. The choice is ours to make, to come out of sin and live under the grace of God by the power of Christ, the gospel of Christ. I need to stress again, there is no truth about God that we ever discover that should constitute an excuse for sin. I've said this many times. It's important enough to repeat. In reading the Bible, you're reading about the grace and mercy and love of God. You will never learn anything authentic about God that would ever constitute an attitude or an excuse for sin or the idea or a twisted concept of taking sin lightly. It is enlightening for me to see how this begins and how this ends. This section in the book of Romans begins by talking about in chapter 5, 20 and 21, grace reigning through righteousness to eternal life to, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then at the end of chapter 6, the gift of God, grace and gift. Those are bookends. And how wonderful and uplifting and simple the book of Romans is for us to understand how we can get out of sin and then after baptism walk in newness of life. These videos are produced for your benefit through 
the Laurel Heights Church of Christ. I'm Warren Berkeley. Thank you.